Welcome back to It's Technically Romance, where we take a look at Hallmark films from our two different perspectives. Mine being from the technical, cinematic, cinephile side. And mine being from the hopeless, romantic side. My name is Hamilton. And I'm Stephanie. And tonight we are continuing our journey through the uh, Christmas in July series of films in Hallmark with Campfire Christmas. We are. I was ready to say... No, this is the first movie, but I forgot that we already did uh, mm-hmm. Grown Up Christmas List because we took a, a, a week off. Yeah, we did. Uh, we had our adorable little mascot, Penny uh, Spade, I believe is the correct term. Um, yes, she had uh, major surgery, uh, so we we had to take extra extra care of her this last week. And it, it has been it's been a process. It's been a process, so... Uh, a little behind on the Christmas in July, but I will say I was really happy to see, because we talked about this last podcast, that this movie actually was Christmas in July. Like, that was the theme of the movie. I know, and I was giving you a hard time about it, if I recall, uh, because I didn't think that was a thing. I didn't know that Hallmark was actually going to do a Christmas in July movie for their Christmas in July movies. Uh, so yeah, that was a nice uh, surprise. I, I enjoyed that. And not only that, we learned a little bit of history because the main character's great-grandmother was the person that invented Christmas in July. So we got some history and, you know, it was it was perfect. Well, I don't, I don't know that that was factual. Oh, no, it was. This <laughs> fictional character's great-grandmother was the person that invented Christmas in July. So, you know, factual. You can, you know, someone... You know, if you're ever at like a bar trivia and this comes up, just say that I said it was correct and you should get a free pass. But since we aren't in bar trivia right now, Stephanie. Yes, Hamilton. No, we are we are not doing <laughs> bar trivia. What What did you think of uh, Campfire Christmas? Is this a movie that you would love to watch again? Maybe let's let's just say you have a campfire and there's a TV next to you for some reason and you're getting the ambiance of that outdoorsy activity, but you're watching the movie and you're really experiencing it full throttle or full throttle, full throttle. Or is this one that maybe, you know, you're just roasting some marshmallows and it's off in the background and you're kind of turning your head every once in a while to catch a glimpse of the scene. Or is this one you don't want to see at all ever again? Cause you're just camping and you don't, you don't need this to come with you. Um, man, we, I bring my TV with me everywhere <laughs> in all of these scenarios. <laughs> Uh, I would rewatch this one. Oh, all right. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if you would or not. I, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was more fun than I, than I expected it to be. Uh, it had me smiling. Mm-hmm. I, my only like little thing is like, it wasn't actually Christmas. It was Christmas in July. So that right. was kind of like hard to wrap my head around. But it was different, so I liked that. Um, the romance was there for me. I really loved the entire cast, basically. Um, yeah. But and I still did get Christmas feels, even though it was in July. They did a good a good job with that. So so yeah, I would watch it again. What about you? I think I would watch this one again too. I mean, you know, we'll go into this, but technically speaking, this movie was got a little chef kiss there for you. Uh, just a wonderful film. From uh, a technical standpoint, there's a few hiccups here and there uh, that we can talk about. But overall, yes, I would love to see this one again. I I feel like, you know, not only is it a Christmas in July, but we get camping. Like it's just a really unique take on this, 
And it's one that got me excited and I was looking forward to it. I even said I was looking forward to it and it did not disappoint. I would, I would definitely watch this one again. Yay. We're in sync. We're in sync. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let me do a quick plot summary. Please. And then, and then we'll get a, in. A penny plot summary. A penny plot summary. Yeah. I don't know if you guys, uh, noticed I did give away, uh, my trade secret is Penny, uh, is the one that writes all of my plot summaries. So. She deserves all of the all awards. The that, all the rewards. Yeah, that we we get from these. Um, so let's see if she did a good job with Campfire Christmas. Peyton's parents have decided to retire and sell the family summer camp. They plan to have one last Christmas in July where all of Peyton's childhood camp friends join, including her ex, Thomas. Mm. Nostalgia, fun, and romance collide to make this summer one they'll never forget. Wow. That that last sentence there, that was that might be one of your best. That was good. That was yeah, really Penny's good. Yeah, Penny's been on some drugs, so I don't know. She did <laughs> she did really well. That with was this very one. good. Yeah. Um just real quick though, because you brought this up in the plot summary, or I guess Penny brought it up in the plot summary. <laughs> uh I love the fact that the parents are selling the the camp and they tell their daughter right away. <laughs> they don't try and hide it half for half the movie. Um, and they don't try to force it on her either. So it's a really refreshing take. It's just like, hey, we're doing this because we want to retire. We're just letting you know just to make sure you don't want this. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a big deal. And I really, really liked that. That was literally the first thing I wrote in my notes that I was so happy that these parents actually told their daughter what they were doing with the family business and um yeah and they they handled it handled it well Mm -hmm. um you know unlike some other movies that we won't name but (laughs) uh well we have coyote creek (laughs) christmas wow wow you did name it i'm sorry maybe that's just a cough Uh, maybe i (laughs) was was just a little tickle in my throat maybe i heard it differently um so what did uh so let's take a look at our, our two main leads here um although we do have you know an ensemble cast uh, because the camp friends, I think, are all you know pretty main characters here as well. Um, but our two really main leads here, why don't we go into? Yes. Uh, so we have Tori Anderson, who plays Peyton. Mm-hmm. And I've seen her in one other Hallmark movie. Which one was that? If you remember, um, it was called Return to Christmas Creek. Did I like that one? And like it had... One? Brian from Wings in it. I don't know if you ever watched oh, the show Wings. There's the pilot, the, yep. the plane. I remember you you were going off on the guy from Wings. And that's the only way I remember that movie. That movie was good. I did like that movie. Yeah. And I liked um, her. And she's also uh, in a Netflix show called No Tomorrow that she actually stars with Joshua Sass. Oh. With, and I really enjoyed that show as well. Um, so I really like her. That's so. where I've seen her. Yeah, I knew she was... That was driving me crazy the entire film. Like, I was like, where have I seen? Okay, thank you. Yeah, so I was excited to see her again. And then we have Corbin Blue, uh, who plays Thomas. And if you remember him, especially, you loved his name. He was in Love for Real, which I believe was his first Hallmark movie. Um, Was that the sailboat one? No, that was the Hawaii one where there's like the dating show. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I do remember. I do remember. I liked his name because as soon as you said the name, I was like, "Oh, I like that name." Yeah, he's most well known from uh, his uh, role in High School Musical, which which one? There's uh, there's like three now, right? It was the original. That would you? So okay. we're we're a little too a little too old for that, I, I believe. I, I never watched it, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I 
I mean, you said you would watch this one again, so I assume you're on the same page with me, but I I liked these two together. I yeah. thought they had really good chemistry. Yeah, I, I will say I, I think they did have good chemistry, uh, very, uh, you know, believable chemistry. I think the young actors that played this couple had some great chemistry too. I mean, almost better, almost better. It was kind of <laughs> crazy because it was like that young romance fire energy. Yeah. This was more subdued. It was like a slow kind of burn, you know, it was, yeah. But the actors that played the young versions of, of this couple, man, oh man, that was, that was yeah, I don't usually love a flashback, but I really enjoyed the, the flashbacks in this one. They and nice. I, and I might impress you with this, or maybe I'm wrong, but I lo- I enjoyed the way they did the flashbacks. Okay. I usually don't love how certain people do flashbacks. They come across a little cheesy. Like they the, put like this... W- the old uh, sepia tone on it, or the old wavy line kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, um, but this one, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I feel like they maybe used it a little bit throughout the movie. I'm, I'm getting a little technical, because you've taught, you taught me some things. Nice. Um, were they not using the... the is it anamorphic lens um i don't think they were i would i would need to go back and look so uh just real quick i think it was a process done in post i think it was a post effect okay um you're talking about the blurring of the edges at the top and the bottom yeah, it was like all around them. Okay. So um, I know a lot of TV shows now are doing that, and you told me that that's what they use. Yes. So that's what it looked like to me. So yes, I mean that's a great. I'm I'm actually kind of impressed <laughs> that you picked up on that. Um, so normally, I I think it was a post effect. I could be totally wrong, and if I am, I apologize. The way you tell uh, an anamorphic and a, I mean, I'm going to go a little I'm going to go a little nerdy here for you guys. I mean, hey, I, you have those two people now that say they really love, you know, the nerdy lighting. So stuff, there so. are two main lenses used in, in cinematography. You have an anamorphic and a spherical lens. Um, I won't go into the nitty gritty here, but the way you, you tell the difference and um, it really depends on what kind of story you want, what kind of look you're going for, is if you look at the bokeh in the lights, the anamorphic does a, a um, almost like an egg shape, like a thin egg shape in the, the bokeh, as opposed to the, the circular shape that you'll see in a spherical bokeh. And also the anamorphic, like you said, will, will sort of blur out the edges of the um, edges of the screen. Um, so I need to go back and look at the bokeh because I was, I, I didn't look. I, I, I'm a little embarrassed I didn't look at the, the bokeh. For those that don't know what bokeh is. <laughs> For those that don't know what bokeh is, it's what Hallmark loves to do. So anytime... They'll add uh, Christmas lights, twinkly lights, anywhere in the background of a scene because it adds depth, obviously, and it blurs beautifully. So when you um, when you open up your lens and go to a really low aperture, or when you open up your lens and go to an aperture like 2.8, you know, 1.4, it's going to create this beautiful glowy effect in the background. It's going to create this wonderful depth of field, and Hallmark is known to do that. Um, and so the anamorphic will give it like a a very thin kind of bokeh. It's really cool looking. So for any aspiring photographers out there, this episode is very educational for you. I'm sorry. That is all I'm going to do for technical. I'm done. I'm done. Don't I got, apologize. I got my technical well done. Um, so all that's to say, you could be right, and it might not be a post effect, but I would need to go back and look to be sure, because it adds a little mystery to it. These flashbacks were, were done really well, I agree. 
Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, and you were talking about the the actors that played the younger versions mm-hmm. of them. And yeah, what an amazing job, especially the girl. I thought she looked so much like her, Tori yeah. Anderson. Um, so, and speaking of casting, uh, usually we'll like call out, you know, maybe who our favorite characters were in, in the, the movie. But I have to say for like supporting cast, I just put everyone yeah. because I loved everyone in this movie, like all of the, the cast it, to me, it was just perfect. Yeah, I agree. I, and you know, we talk about how, you know, I think it's difficult to really come across to come across as friends, especially if you're old friends, you've known each other for years and years. I believed all of these were a friend group um, and it felt authentic and real. So props to everyone that was a part of this, this group of, of friends, because you guys pulled it off beautifully. Yeah. And I also loved, so, you know, Thomas and uh, Peyton are exes. So, yeah. you know, they fell in love when they were young at camp and, you know, it went into after camp mm-hmm. and we find out that it didn't work out, which the whole movie you're like, d- you don't know what happened. Yeah. So, you know, that's just great writing to me because you're just constantly like, Oh, when are they going to talk about it? Like, I want to know, you know, it just keeps you, uh, anticipating. Yeah. And yeah, they did a nice job kind of teasing that along. And I really, you know, sometimes, uh, this sort of plot line where we have exes and they come like come across each other. It can be a bit juvenile. Like they sort of like act very childish to each other. And I was a little worried that I thought that's what we were going to get in in here. And, uh, and we didn't, you know, like there's a little, you can tell that Peyton's upset, but Mm. I really liked how they handled it. Um, uh, like adults. You know? Yeah, it, it felt, you know, we again, we say this often, too, is that um, the the conversations that happened were adult conversations. It felt like real conversations that happened. You know, I'm thinking back, and I almost consider this to be the, the quote, you know, meet cute, uh, is when he walks by her late at night when she's riding out on the dock, and he asks her for hot chocolate. Like, that scene right there, to me, was the, the meeting between them again. Yeah, I have that too is like the second meet cute, which was the better one. So the first one is when she sees him at the table and there she's like, who's sitting at our table? Yeah. And it's him because they didn't think he was coming, um, which is technically the first time they see each other. But but it is, it, you know, it's just there's like, really no words. Yeah. They say hi to hi, each other. Yeah. So, yeah, I really liked um, that second interaction where she's writing and, you know, he, they kind of reminisce about how she always had ink on her fingers and um yeah and he's like oh you look good and it was was, cute it was it was was a little awkward it was cute it was just what i would like uh, a sort of uh, a reu meet cute reu meet cute cute. is there it is uh is what i think we've coined that we have it's patent pending yeah (laughs) um so yeah i i enjoyed that as we're we're uh, claiming that as the official meet cute. Yes. Um, and I think now's a, a great time to talk about this, but the, the lighting in this film and that scene in particular was done beautifully. The lighting in this film was just so good. The was, night shots. Yeah. Just gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. We don't have, you know, that awful fake blue moon, you know, just everywhere here. It felt very, very real, uh, authentic, you know, 
I feel like the DP, who is William McKnight, you know, really kind of honed in using natural light in this film because they're outdoors a lot, it's camp, so you really want to focus on that natural light. Even when they're inside, even when they're doing the interior shots, there's usually, there's usually a large window off to the side with natural light pouring into the side of their face. The other side is, you know, nicely shaded, just a little bit of fill light on them. Um, just really gorgeous lighting, so, so bravo. Yeah, I mean, we're fans of William McKnight. Uh, he's done it, it Was Always You is the most, you know, one that we always yeah. talk about. But, uh, yeah, so many movies that he's done. So he always does a really great job with that. But, yeah, the lights on the water. Oh, and, and that's what I'm saying is, like, even though this movie was set in July, um, which I forget where the camp is supposed to be located. Montana. Okay, yeah, because sometimes they're like in sleeveless and other times they're like in jackets. So it was, I was like, okay, the weather's kind of iffy for me. I here, felt like it would, uh, in the mountains, because I mean, we have this great view of the mountains in the distance, you know, over the water. I feel like it gets cold at night. So, you know, it's nice during the daytime. I feel like it gets cold at night. That's kind of what it seemed like to me. Yeah, I, yeah, I was thinking the same. But, um, yeah, for me, those night shots and with all of, like, the Christmas lights on the water, like, that really gave me the Christmas feels. Even, like, inside with their bunks and, like, how they had... Yeah, the bunks. I have it written down here. Like, the bunk decoration. So, set design, just stupendous on making it feel like Christmas, making it feel like a cool camp to be at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, you know, just real quick, the, the color grading on this film was done well, too. It, very natural tones. You know, nothing was really oversaturated. Just really... It felt like they were in the woods. It felt like real, like I was there. So I just, I, I, you know, I'm going to love a movie that's technically done well. And this one was, was great. Yeah. I was like, actually watching this, I was like a little jealous. Like I was like, I wish this was like my group of friends and I was at this camp right now. <laughs> I know. Like I was thinking, did I, did I have a camp experience? I, I went to like a few camps when I was a kid, not, not extensively and everything. Um, but I have a few camp memories, nothing like, like these guys though. Nothing like that. No, I never experienced a camp like that. I went to like a few, uh, church camps, uh, which are totally different. And, um, but no, I never had like a summer camp experience like that. Yeah. Um, so I was always like a little jealous when I see it in movies and things like that. Like, I'm like, Oh man, that seemed like it would have been a lot of fun. So let's go ahead and uh, let's dive a little bit into, you know, some of the, the story. Romance? I was going to say story points. Oh, okay. We can do romance, though, but that'll come, that'll come naturally. Can we? That'll come naturally. Um, I, just, I just have to say, I hated her boss. I hated her boss. And I've been trying to figure out how long she worked for her boss. I'm not sure on the exact year. I know her mom says something like, oh, you've worked for her forever. Forever. And nothing has come of it, I know, <laughs> basically. It's, it's crazy to me. And like in, in the back of my mind, I was almost like, man, I almost want her to just let go of this dream of writing. Like how, to me, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm crazy to say this. And obviously, you know, it's a Hallmark film, so everything's going to work out at the end, generally speaking. So, but I was in the back of my mind, I was like, what if she just you know, failed. Like all of her friends have made it. All of them have followed their dreams or living their dreams. What if she, you know, through this process of going back to camp learns to kind of let that dream go and, and do something else. That's kind of what I wanted. What about you? Um, so you're saying you wanted Peyton to let her dream die. Yeah. I wanted her to realize that she wasn't a good writer and to just let it go. 
That's that's what I want. Maybe maybe not for this film, but it just it just kind of crossed my mind a little bit. Well, that makes me really sad because <laughs> I would never want anyone's uh, dreams to die. Uh, or for them to let them go. Okay. So if you Fair are enough. a writer out there and your <laughs> boss keeps turning down all of your pieces, please do not call Hamilton for advice or <laughs> don't, don't call me for career advice. What should I do? Just just stop. Just let it go. Just let it go. Do something else. Your boss is on to something. Um, oh, no, we do find out that her boss, obviously, it was not um, because of her bad writing. Yeah, I guess not. So, um, no, I thought maybe she was going to end up taking over the camp. I did too. I know this, you know, we always know we, I say always, we usually know what's going to happen in these films. So I'm always very surprised when we have a fresh take on the the Hallmark formula and we don't know how it's going to end. Like I really thought she was going to take it over, but she doesn't. Yeah. Um, it's very cool. And we are talking about like story and plot and everything. So I think we do need to shout out the writer yeah. of, of this. Film. I would say so. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a great original idea. Um, lots of fun. I, I, I was smiling a lot and, mm-hmm. and laughing and it was just, it was really, it was a great script. So props to Anna White. Mm-hmm. Uh, she actually wrote some other movies that we enjoy like Check Into Christmas. Oh, with Wes Brown yes. and Rachel yep. Boston as a favorite of ours, and also one. the most recent Butlers in Love, which oh, I really enjoyed. But, no, I liked that movie. Oh, you yeah. didn't oh, like that one. No, I did like it. I think you're right. I think that was the episode where we were both were like, I don't know if I'd watch again. And then by the end of the episode, we we're like, man, that was a really good movie. I think that was you. <laughs> I know that I liked that. Okay, movie. I, I was the one then that needed some encouragement as we talked through it to be like, okay, you were right. Yeah, I think I brought you along to, yeah, to you my side, me, as I as I tend to do sometimes. But yes, some romance, uh, please, for a little bit. We can talk about that. You know, we the scene where I'm first like, okay, the, like I'm feeling the chemistry. Mm-hmm. I was already feeling it before. Like you could feel the tension. There's some, you know, there's a past here. We don't quite know what happened, but you're definitely feeling something right. something between these two uh and when we have the the sort of arts and craft scene where they're making the little ornaments oh uh, yeah yeah i think yep uh that scene was really cute i really enjoyed it and we we know that thomas is an art teacher so we find out like this is kind of like where he got his start in love for art and uh so he's like helping her with the ornaments and then i think there's like I think there's like some touching going on. I, I think I do remember a little bit of touching during the ornament scene. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I was like, I was starting to, I was starting to feel the chemistry here, and I was thinking like Peyton was like, oh, somebody's hot for teacher. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you mentioned one of my favorite scenes though is when you mentioned how she, you, you wanted her to give up on her dreams, which yep. I still can't believe you said that. But let it go. Uh, she's talking about it at the table with all of them. And she's like saying, oh, you guys all were so successful. And, you know, I haven't really, you know, done anything. And like, they were. This was a, this, this camp brought in some stars. She's putting down what she does. Like she works for a publishing company. So she is like writing. She Her job is like within the writing field. Right. Um, she just doesn't get to do the writing. But uh, the look that like so thomas is watching her saying all of these like mm-hmm. self-deprecating things and her being like down on it on herself and he's like looking at her and the look that he gives her like it just melted my heart yeah that he's just 
like it's breaking his heart to see her talking about herself like that and to to realize what she actually thinks of herself and that she doesn't think she's you know done anything successful and you know um and so that like to me just like something that he could convey and just to look like that I mean you know I've I've talked about it uh, ad nauseum on here. It's like just the looks are like yeah. my favorite thing. Like you don't even have to say anything. You're the way someone looks at someone can say so much. So I just, I absolutely loved that scene. Uh, no, you're absolutely right about the look that he gives her. I mean, it is, it is spot on. Just you, you feel the pain that he's feeling for her, you know, in that moment. Yeah. And then, you know, I just, I loved the, the progression of them sort of like reminiscing, but sort of like reforming this, this new, I guess, friendship, you know? Yep. Uh, yep. Which, of course, turn, it turns into love again, which I don't think ever really left. If if I'm, you know, reading reading the room, I think they both still loved each other through through all of the time apart. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a long time. Um, I know. Is it like 11 years or 12-something? 2007... Um, and then they dated for a little bit outside of right, camp. Right, till they were 18. So let's say they, the flashback, man, I'm going to do some quick math. Where's my whiteboard? Let's say the flashback happened in 2007. By the way, that's how you do a flashback in the beginning. I mean, not even just how it looked like you were talking about, but it was just quick, succinct. We know the characters so well just from that little flashback. So that's how you do it. Um, but real quick, so 2007, 16 years later, um, let's say they dated maybe for three years. So maybe they've been apart for 13 years. We'll say 10 to 13 years. They haven't seen each other. Yeah. That's a, that's a really long time. That is a very long time. Yeah. You know, and there's the scene where he's telling her that, um, his dad had passed. That was, I mean, so that was, ah, man, I don't know. I don't know how I felt about this scene because it just seemed to have come out of nowhere and it just, how, how did you feel about it? I mean, I liked it. I have it in my notes that I really enjoyed that yeah. scene. And I, I didn't feel like it came out of nowhere because she's asking about it. Like, again, you said they haven't talked. They haven't spoken, you know, in all this time. Okay. And That's so true. she's like, oh, well, mentions his dad. You know, like, why wouldn't you ask about a family? You know, you haven't seen each other in a while. And so he's like, well, my dad passed. So, of course, that came up. And, you know, they have, like, a little heart to heart. And she kind of, like, grabs his hand and... Uh, I just thought it was really sweet and it showed how much, you know, um, she still cared for him. Like you felt like they had this again, like really sort of establishing, like they have this history, but you feel it with them now in the present yeah. and yeah, no, that's having true. really just sort of met these characters, but you, you know, they, they portrayed it so well. So, um, and then it turns in, you know, we have this really beautiful, like heart to heart, and then it turns into like this glitter fight, which is like really fun. So I mean, someone like, could have lost an eye. Glitter is so dangerous. Like the spikes on it, like you could really lose an eye. So um, yes, glitter is dangerous, and he is right. He's like, please don't do this because it gets everywhere, and uh, and it does. But, and it could kill you. Uh, it was a great scene, you know, because you have this sort of like serious more serious moment mm -hmm. but then it adds a little levity with the the glitter fight and i felt like that's what this movie it's sort of like um embodied the the whole like warmth and nostalgia and but there was so much fun with it too so i really enjoyed that sort of like sentimental but also like a lot of you know silly fun stuff yeah well. i mean and and some of the silly fun stuff i mean we have a, a wreath i'm sorry we have a reef race 
and uh you know something we haven't seen before so we're getting some of the you know we don't really have a baking scene but we have the reef race we have the, the wreath race yep, the reef race and we also have a a snowball fight with water balloons um and so we have these like fun events that they're doing you know we really get that camp spirit i think they did a nice job of having you know kids there and adults and like really making it seem like people came back for the the camp um and also something the camera work here was was really great i mean we're seeing some nice tight shots as they're running across uh, there's a lot of speed ramping here so that's when so that's when you go kind of from um you know just a regular speed up into a slow speed and you transition back to fast so they were having a lot of fun with this yeah the capture the wreath um game did look super fun but also possibly dangerous uh for like the younger she children that, did you see her knock that kid out yeah like she elbowed that little girl i mean it was it was vicious yeah vicious, i loved vicious, vicious. i loved how she was just so like fiercely competitive seriously uh, i mean palm to the face on that girl she was down crying it was a mess yeah but i enjoyed it <laughs> um she did too but speaking of a little more romance, just to segue, because, you know, Capture the Wreath, romance, it, it goes wow, hand in hand. Is... <laughs> uh, That's a stretch. We have, uh, you know, there are a few little storylines going on in the movie, but I have to say one of my favorite ones was the storyline with Beckett and Chris. Yes. Beckett, what a great character he was. Mm. I really enjoyed him. Um he he just brought a lot of like fun to the group. You great know? energy. Great, great energy. yes, great energy. Yeah. Um, and I and I loved that storyline with him and Chris that they were like theater rivals, and then he finds out that he had a crush on him, which like sort of like changes everything for both of them, and and then they fall in love, which was just really cute. Um, yeah, and sweet. I yeah I, I I totally agree with that. I mean, even though we could see this storyline coming from like a mile off. Um, it was really rewarding, especially towards the end when they're kind of like, we, we can't do this. Like, what are we doing? Like, again, very real conversations these, these people are having. And yeah, it was just just fun. Like, I, I don't know. You, I think that was probably my favorite relationship that we get to see because it because it felt so real. Yeah. And I especially loved, you know, when Beckett uh, realizes that. Like he's so excited and it's almost in like a, a, like a childish way. And he's talking to Peyton. He's like, you know, I never got to have yeah. like the camp kit, like the first camp kiss or the camp flirt or, you know, what all of his other friends were experiencing because he was sort of figuring out who he was and, you know, that now he's sort of getting to relive those days and getting to have that chance to experience those things that he didn't get to then. Like, I just thought that was a beautiful, yeah, I was excited for him. Thing. Like we were yeah. like rooting. I was like, yes, it's awesome. Yes. So, you know, I talk about this a lot where, where you'll see some directors of photography also called DPs. Um, they'll move the camera all the time because they, they feel like they need to, you know, they're unsure of themselves. And so they'll literally, just move the camera to have action in a scene when sometimes you don't need to do that. A lot of times you don't need to do that. And in this film, I'm happy to say that doesn't happen. Every movement that the camera does is motivated by something, right? So if you notice, we'll go back to the meet cute because this happens in the meet cute. You know, that, that scene starts off with the camera kind of tracking these, this couple going off into the darkness of the lake. And then it kind of settles on Peyton while she's, um, while she's typing there, just a really subtle, beautiful movement of the camera and it's motivated. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about when I'll often say like, there's no point for this camera to be moving. 
So the, anytime the camera moves, in my opinion, it needs to be motiva- motivated by something. And William McKnight does it. He, he has the movement mean something in each scene. And uh, every time I saw it, I would just sigh like happily because it's, it's a rarity to see sometimes. And not even that. Just re- This is the last one, I promise. I have a lot to say because I, I love this movie technically so much. I know you're going to kill me. Um, the, there's a scene where, I forget the scene, but I, it's basically she's feeling, Peyton's feeling alone and isolated. And so the camera pulls back from her to show you that isolation and so to show you that she's alone. And so not only is it motivated, but it's like this deeper meaning here that we're seeing the, the, what the character is thinking through the camera movement and through the, the scene. And again, we don't always get that in these types of films because they're made so quickly. And this was very purposeful and just, man, it just, when it works, it works so well. Uh, no, yeah, I, I agree. What did you think of the costumes, the clothing of this film? Um, you usually have a better eye for this stuff than I do. Like in the pageant? No, in <laughs> the pageant. Because I've got words about that. Yeah, the words about it. Just in general, you know, their everyday camp attire. What do you, how did you feel about it? Um, I felt I didn't really feel anything about it. That's was just good. yeah, they okay. wearing camp clothes. I like that Peyton had like the plaid. I you know. Do you know that she's always wearing red? I didn't notice that. Well, now that you say that, she did have a red coat in the beginning that I I remember I liked. Um, and I thought she was wearing it twice. Like every time they would show her in the office, she was wearing a red coat and yeah, she did have a red plaid shirt and our red shoes. Like I think 95% of her scenes, she has an article of clothing that's red. It's a really neat little hmm. choice they did there. I wonder if that was purposeful. It had to have been. There's no way. But what would the reasoning be? I don't know. I would love to ask and find out. We should reach out. We'll find out for you guys. We'll get back to you. But let's talk about the pageant. Cause the pageant is a whole box Well, of before the pageant. Ah, oh, man. I mean, pageant's so good. I know, and we're going to get into the pageant, but you know, I am romance, so we have to talk about the. We get it. We have a, the kiss. We get a which kiss. Which one? Which one? We get a kiss before the ending of the movie, which they're doing more and more, and yeah, they are. I'm just so elated. And about, we even get an interrupted it. kiss too. We get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. There are multiple. I'm talking about the the kiss between Peyton and Thomas. Okay. So they're on the the dock. And it's at the night. Spot. Their spot. Their spot. And the light. This is where the lights. This is this whole scene was so dreamy. The mm-hmm. lights on the water and uh, the starry sky, which may or may not have been real, but it looked real to me. Okay. It, I mean, I enjoyed it. Then it's real. If it looks real, then it's real. To I me. don't care that it wasn't real. <laughs> it made it all the more beautiful of a scene. So, okay. I'm. I'm there with it. Sure. Uh, and so we get a kiss and man, oh man. I was about to say man, oh man. Oh, you took my man. Man, oh man. That was a man, oh man kiss. I Ooh. mean, what else could you say? I said steamy in my notes. I said steamy. <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> this kiss, like, and I was not even expecting like that kind of kiss right now. I wasn't expecting a kiss at all, but the fact that we got one and it was so good like uh and he says this line like i remember all the important things yeah. and then we and then we get that kiss and it i'm going to rate this one sparks but oh no it was sparks but it was like blazing inferno rising no so you can't it do was that. on the cusp i i'm calling foul on this right now this kiss was blazing inferno i don't know what you're doing you can't call this kiss a sparks 
Blazing Inferno has to have a little bit more like you urgency it a, to you it. You gave it a man, oh man. It doesn't. A Blazing Inferno doesn't need urgency, in my opinion. Look, this who kiss, created the the kiss? Well, we'll have we'll have our listeners reach out to us, please. Let us know uh, which one of us is right here, because to me, this is a Blazing Inferno. The hand on the head and the shoulder. I mean. It, it was all in the hands in this kiss. It was gorgeous, beautiful. I mean, there were a lot of sparks. I'm saying it was like on the cusp of Blazing Inferno. <sighs> if there would have been maybe a little bit more urgency wow. to it. It was a very like slow, sensual kiss. Please, so, please reach out to us. Let us know what you Blazing guys Blazing Inferno has to be a little bit more urgent, <laughs> a little more like a fiery all passion right, there. Enough, which, enough. you know, anyways, it was, it was, it was wonderful. But back to the the pageant so this was one of my favorite things about (laughs) the movie because i was a little nervous that we weren't going to get the reward we've been seeing them practice we've been hearing them talk about the pageant and for years for for the whole movie pretty much and i feel like they delivered do you feel like they delivered yeah, I mean, I, I think they did. The only thing I'm confused about is why, I mean, who else signed up for this play? Like, where was... No one. I mean, apparently, because it was just the, the main group doing their thing, but the Santa Claus outfit, oh my goodness. Glitter in the beard, the eyebrows too, just... The elf ears. Uh, yeah, the those, elf ears The costumes, and that's what I thought you were talking about originally, um, initially, but uh, their costuming for the pageant was fantastic. It was great. It was absolutely great. I mean... And the dance number just... I love uh, that we got to see the dance like number. Like the full like dance in number. full, the yeah, full, full dance length. number. And, uh, and it did not disappoint. <laughs> I mean, it really, you know, it's funny you say that because, yeah, we were, we were thinking about this and, you know, they're going to be like, okay, they're just going to do a little thing. It was awesome. It was... I, I mean, I have to say, this kind of rivals the uh, an unexpected Christmas pageant, you know, with Tyler Hines and the, and the unicorn. We had all of these elves. Like, this was, like, just as fun for me. Yes. I, I would say it's definitely on on the same level, if not maybe a little bit better, because that choreography was, was spot on. <laughs> it was. Uh, and I also love that we get this, which this may be the scene that you were talking about with the camera movement, where she's standing on the dock looking out. And it's this very, like, you know, serious scene because mm-hmm. this is, you know, where your favorite part of the movie comes in uh, with the conflict. Uh. She, she overhears Thomas talking, <sighs> saying, like, oh, long distance never works. Why? And, of course, she wa- runs away before she hears the full full conversation but she's out on the dock and she just looks so sad and somber she's like just quit her job like because she's all upset and she's still in her in her makeup and her elf costume yeah, which i just so think great. was just like brilliant it was realistic again a realistic thing it's just she's not gonna have time to change after getting that news um yeah i mean the the conflict i don't i hate that they do this i hate the overheard thing and then you assume and um it just for a movie that's centered on very realistic conversations and uh, it just it felt out of place. It felt forced. And it really the, the big the big ugly stain on this film was that sort of conflict. Thankfully, it doesn't last long. It's not a big deal. But, you know, I still don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, it, it did feel a little uh, predictable with the conflict. Uh, you know, we've seen it before where they overhear part of the conversation. Um, and of course, you know, Thomas, he, he likes to take long pauses before, before, before he finishes talking, um, to then also say, that's why I'm looking for an apartment near her. Uh, so yeah, it didn't like, 
I wasn't really like upset about it. I was kind of like, ugh, okay. But yeah, I didn't, I thought the payoff worked. I thought the payoff was good that she didn't know. And then she over, she's like, wait, what are you talking about? And I really liked, and I know you're going to have something to say. I'm sure I will. About this, but I, I liked the, the, the thing that he gives her and it's just like a bunch of drawings that's, and then leads her to to go meet him at, at their spot. Like oh, I, thought, I, mean, I thought that was really sweet. No, that was but sweet. I figured you were going to like pick apart the, the drawings themselves. No, they were, they were fine. I mean, uh, you know, I'm kind of curious about who, who drew them. Um, you know, generally in, in films like this or TV shows, you actually hire an artist to do the drawings for the actor that's, you know, pretending to be an artist. So um, I'm curious who they got for this. Um, you know, I think I told you this before, but one of my good friends was the artist on the OC. Oh yeah, when the the comic books, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So, uh it's a cool it's a cool thing. But no, the drawings were fine. I like that he did them like that and I'm glad it it led her back to him. The thing, so I mean, she does quit her job thankfully because her boss is awful. <laughs> the thing I wish someone had told Peyton from the very beginning is you don't need to work in publishing to be a writer. And generally speaking, a lot of authors have never done publishing at all. So I feel like she's on just the wrong career path. And if she had just, you know, done, you know, just started putting, yeah, put self-published or put your own writings yeah. out there. Yeah. Put it um, out there. And it, speaking of self-publishing, I mean, the, that book, we see that we finally see her book at the end. You know, we see her book at the end. Um, oh man. What do you, I was very, I thought she wanted to do like a novel, like a historical fiction kind of thing. This looks like a, like a children's book. I was really I was not happy with how this book looked at the end. Well, you know, she had to do it herself, so I don't know. Did, but did she or did she get it published? Well, I, Thomas did the drawings, and so I think she ended up making it. I don't know that it was a children's book. I mean, it was. it is a children's camp. Right. So I think it was just, you know, with the nostalgia of the camp, which it was a child's camp. Mm. So there, it is going to maybe be... I was I was kids, a little kids in it. I was a little disappointed when I saw the the finished product because it when I, I used to work at a bookstore a uh, small independent bookstore, and we would get people coming in off the streets where they would do like a self publishing title, and you know we'd have it up front and you know we'd sell a few copies and you know nothing really ever took off. It's very rare for a self published book to take off. There are some that do. Um, so when I saw that, I got that self published vibe, and I was like, man, I really wanted her to succeed if she is going to follow her dreams, even though I don't want her to, I want her to go all the way. Well, we don't know. We, this book might go all the way, but what I was disappointed in was that Peyton only ever felt like her, she, like her boss could determine whether she was a writer or not. Yeah. Like only her, she would like, why would you not let other people read your writing? Like other people were telling her that they liked her writing, but she didn't believe like it was like her boss. If her boss didn't like her writing, then she wasn't a writer. And that really upset me, which I guess, you know, that scene with Thomas looking at her, like, you know, why don't you believe in yourself? Because it's like, you don't need that. Like you said, she didn't need to be in publishing to be a writer, but I just thought it was odd that she only cared about her boss's approval well, I'll say this because I, I will, I actually have something for this. So if she had been with her boss, let's say for five to eight years, right? I, I don't know. I'm just guessing. Uh, that boss is almost like a mentor to her, right? So she needs that approval from her mentor, someone that's training her, showing her the ropes of the industry. So needing that approval from your mentor, 
means everything to her. And I think that's where, you know, it kind of kind of fell for her. Yeah, no, I see that. But yeah, we do. We get that that end kiss. I love also that it works out for Beckett and works Chris. out for everybody. Everybody's they're, happy. They're gonna try to make it work. God. We even get a kiss from them. We get an interrupted kiss, which actually didn't make me angry because it was just really cute to see that it was you know Peyton's dad walking in on them, you know, and it felt like such like a, a teenage kind of thing, you know. I thought it was really really fun. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, I liked I, I enjoyed the the kiss between Beckett and Chris. I, I think I have that one rated. Uh, that was a sparks for me. That mm-hmm. was a that was a was right. nice. Uh, and I'm just so happy for them that they they got their love story. And yeah, I loved the, the drawings at the end that lead her to to the dock. And then we get another kiss and there's fireworks. So this was my one issue with this end kiss was that it was in the dark. But <laughs> I so I couldn't really see it, but then the fireworks uh, lit up uh, their faces, and I was like, "Oh, I see what they're doing." I feel like the fireworks maybe should have come a little bit earlier because we didn't get to see a lot of the beginning of the kiss. Right. But um. But yeah, I rated that one sparks as well. <laughs> you know, it's fireworks, and I rated it sparks <laughs> also. But kisses in the dark, not my favorite. Just a just a note. But yeah, I really enjoyed that we get a little jump forward as well you jump forward was good you know usually jump forward i'm kind of hit or miss on sometimes they work sometimes they don't i thought this one did work every we get to see everyone kind of wrapped up having a good time uh it's christmas now you know six months you jump christmas uh we get a proposal mm-hmm. which i thought was beautiful i mean wonderful yeah uh we do get a proposal which i mean he says something to the effect of like spend all of your Christmases with me. Oh, I love it. And I was like, I'm not crying. You're crying <laughs> because this is not affecting me at all. Oh, beautiful. Uh, beautiful. It was beautiful. And I, I may have shed a tear or two. It, it was, it was very sweet. I wasn't expecting them to do a flash forward, much less get a proposal. Um, I mean, what we got was enough for me. And then they just gave me more. Yeah. And uh, I was not expecting to get that emotional for this movie, but it happened. Yeah. Beautiful job. So yeah, uh, sparks for all the kisses. And I know we disagree on that other one. Again, Blazing Inferno rising. It was it was almost there. Where where I want my I want my Blazing Inferno people to hit me up on on the socials. Um, and actually, I guess that's a, a good place to to stop. Is our, our shout out for the socials? Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you again, as always, for listening. Mm-hmm. And make sure you are following us uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, if you are listening, and I usually say just on Apple, but you can rate us on Spotify. Apparently this it's is crazy. a thing I Technology. didn't know <laughs> was happening, but you can rate us on both now. So uh, for all our Spotify listeners, click on the little star and give us a rating if yes. you're enjoying the podcast. The so um, ratings really do help people find us because we don't, we don't have Hallmark in our name. So people, people don't know. Yeah, so we're a little bit harder to find, but we we do appreciate everything, and uh, so we have, I think, one more? I think One so. more yeah. Christmas in July movie for you. Um, I, I don't know about this one. Uh, I'm going yeah. to keep... Technically speaking, we'll ju- we'll from, technically speaking from the previews, I'm... I'm a little worried, but I'm going to go in with a fresh, open mind, and uh, it's it's going to be a hard act to follow for this one, so we'll, we'll see. 
Yeah, I would say this one's a front runner for me right now. Yes, for sure. For sure. But yeah, thank you guys so much. See you next time. Thanks, guys.